listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Amen and amen. I almost saw a couple of couples just snuggle in a little closer just then, just to get a little closer, get a little closer. I found out this week uh, or this morning or last night, I can't remember when it was. No, it was this morning. I found out that uh, recently there's been challenges in our household that I was unaware of, although I know at times, every very odd times, I snore, right? It's, you know, I've always been a devout, I don't snore. Who thinks they don't snore? But really, you do. And um, and so I've been a devout, I don't do that. And Nadia is so nice uh, that all she does is just give me a big push in the back just to say, hey, you know, there's a bit of volume going on on your side of the room. (laughs) And it's just nice, it's gentle, it definitely wakes me up. And, uh, And then recently I found... You know, I th- actually yesterday morning I got up for the kids and I thought, man, that, that couch looks a bit ruffled for some reason. And this morning, uh, my wife goes, man, you know what? It's just been so much easier to fall asleep when I go to sleep on the couch. I'm like, pardon me, what? It's so much easier <laughs> to go to fall asleep on the couch. She's like, she's been leaving me to go to the couch. So I'm just letting you all know this stuff. If you're new here, you'll realize, hey, I just vent everything. I get it all out here and then just makes home a whole lot happier. But I'm just asking, can you pray for me? Can you just believe, uh, you know, that maybe, just maybe things will change in that situation? Because I honestly think it's a, yeah, I think there just needs to be some healing in that area and some change and some turn around the dynamic. Now you're saying, amen, she wants the snoring to stop. Like she's like, yeah, Lord, get a hold of that. Seriously, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Let's get that out. Um, but uh, have, you ever, have you ever had a moment where you've just encountered somebody where you've said thank you and then they've said thank you straight back? Like you've said like, oh man, I was so good. And then they come back and say, no, nah, it's so good. Uh, this happened to me uh, recently or uh, towards the end of last year. We, uh, as many of you know, we have a Christmas box project uh, where we gift Christmas uh, hampers to those in need at Christmas time. And uh, we've got amazing supporters and sponsors and people that get on board. But we had a new connection this year through uh, a, another connection. And uh, we just basically ended up meeting in their office with the McGrath Real Estate Group and talking to the Coburg uh, team there and, and talking about Christmas box and, and explaining what we do. And they just said, man, this is awesome. We'd love to get on board. And I was like, oh, well, that'd be amazing. And then they said, well, you know what, we're just having a little think about what we could do when we thought we could run a fundraiser night. And I was like, wow, that's pretty extravagant. You know, like that's a lot of effort and a lot of time and all that kind of thing. We just said, we, we love the mission of it. We want it. We're a group that have always been thinking about being involved and helping where outside of our own sphere of influence and making a difference in the community. And this just lines up with that. And we, we trust some other friends that are involved and we think we want to get involved. And so they went all out inviting all of their friends and their family and business colleagues and going out and getting a whole lot of uh, different gifts that they could raffle on the night and, and all of that sort of stuff. And we turned up on the night and had an awesome time and they got us up to share and, and it was awesome and there was laughing and there were tears. It was just great. Uh, no, I don't think there was any tears. But there's just a great moment. And then at the end of it, we were just amazed at the response and we were able to, on that night, raise $10,300. Incredible, absolutely incredible. So I'm talking to Michael, uh, you know, who's the, the owner of that franchise. I'm talking to Michael and I'm just like, mate, seriously, thank you so much. Like, it's just been amazing the way that your team, and he goes, no, 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 thank you. Thank you for the privilege of being able to be involved. Like, it's just been awesome. Our team have loved it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to thank you because I understand what it takes to do that. And he goes, no, no, no. Oh, and I, I mean, it was just amazing, right? 
So anyway, we got talking and I said, well, you're in real estate and you have different lease properties and rentals. And I said, well, you obviously know families that are in need. What if we gift you all the boxes that you need so your team can go and knock on doors and give these hampers away as well? And so we were able to do that. We had a whole team of them come to the packing day, which was really cool. I think we've got a quick photo of that. And uh, they came and packed and then they took Christmas hampers with them and they were able to do that. I rang him again later and I said, honestly, no, thank you. Seriously, thank you. And he goes, no, Craig, we want to thank you, right? It's just awesome. But he goes, it was a privilege to partner with Christmas Box. And I got to thinking, and we're talking about heartbeat. We're talking about our values. We talked like three weeks ago about people are our priority. Last week, we talked about the reality of worship is our wisdom. And tonight, I want to talk about the value of partnership. I want to talk about the significance that partnering with God, partnering with Him is an absolute privilege for us. You know, I I don't know about you, but do you ever think about the reality that God wants us to partner with Him to establish His kingdom here on earth, the greatest mission of all, the greatest restoration moment, the greatest life turnaround transformation that can take place, and we get to be a part of that. I don't know what you're like. I don't know if you think, oh yeah, well, God's pretty blessed to have me on His side. Or if you think, wow, He calls me an ambassador? Like He actually, like He says, you know what? I'm sending you to go into all the world that people would look at you and you would be a direct representation of what it was for Christ to be on this. Like, like, I don't know about you, but I'm just blowing away. I'm blowing away. I'm just like, God, that's out of control. Like, what an incredible privilege that we get to bear your name. What a privilege that we get to get up and, and, and maybe you're on worship team or maybe you're in another area and you get to get here like, you know, 7.30, 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning and help create an environment where people get to experience His presence. Wow. Everyone's like, well, I come to the PM service. Ain't no 7.30 getting up in this household. But seriously, how, how easy is it for us to get to this point? We start realizing and thinking, hang on, it's, you know, like they're pretty lucky. Like I'm doing them a favor. And we've lost the wonder of what an incredible privilege. Well, what a privilege. What an amazing privilege. I wrote this down. I said, church is not privileged because I partner. No, it is my privilege. It is my honor. It is my great blessing to build and to partner with God's kingdom here on earth. It is my great honor. It's my great privilege. The thing is, is that this value, partnership is our privilege, uh, is actually quite close to my heart. Um, you know, and I, and I tell this story not for any reason for, to, so that you would think of it and think of me or look at it and think of me, but this is really personal for me because a number of years ago, Pastor Paul emailed a bunch of the team and just said, hey, you know, we've got our values and and, you know, and all of those things represent the different areas of, that are important to us and the culture that we have and the DNA that we live everything through. And they, he said, you know, do, do you reckon there's any more that could be added? And knowing Pastor Paul and Marie and knowing the reality of God's entrusted vision and mission that's placed upon our church, I know the reality of how they speak into the area of resourcing and financing the vision with honoring God with the tithe and bringing offerings so that we could see God's church, His bride, be all that God called it to be. Not out of a place of manipulation or pressure or force, but out of a place of revelation. Out of this place where we realize, come on, with our lives, what's impacting eternity? What is setting up a platform and a place that people can encounter the fullness of God? 
And out of vision and out of his word and out of his principles and his teaching, talking about the significance of partnership when it comes to our finances. And I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know what? There's no value that really speaks into that area. And for Nadia and I, and I've always, I just love giving. I, 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 I love the opportunity to sow. I look forward to offerings that come up. I, I'm, I'm excited about you know, bringing our tithe. Like, I just think it's a really cool thing to do. I think, wow, like everything that happens, like I get to be a part of that. Like we get to sow into that. Like, this is awesome. My goodness, like where else in the world could you put 10% of your income and it to have that much effect? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, what other organization in the world could you put, say, $10 out of 100, and it could go to seeing somebody break a poverty cycle? It could go to seeing thousands of people get a Christmas box. It could see the kids being set of light and the things of God from a young age. It can see the bells being handed out to people. It can say, like, where else in the world could $10 have so much impact? I've got about 30% of you because the other 30, so 90%, 100%, that's not mass, 70%. <laughs> 70%. <laughs> you just got, yeah, 49% in my uh, final maths exam. It's a true fact. It was 49%. I took it to one of my best mates' dad, who was the maths teacher, and I get it to him and said, there's got to be another percent in there somewhere. He looked back at me and said, Craig, they were generous. <laughs> I'm just letting it all out tonight. Letting it all out. <clears> hmm. <throat> But I wrote back to Pastor Paul and I said, I said, I guess in the area of finance, we don't have something that speaks into that. And I said, from my revelation, from what's in my heart, I think, man, it's a privilege that we get to tithe. What an honor that God asks of us to be able to do that. And I know for a bunch of us now, we're thinking, oh, here we go. We're in church and we're talking about money. Well, if you've been here more than two weeks, you'd realize we don't take up offerings in a service because we really do believe it's out of revelation that we live this out. If someone needs to get up for two minutes and, and give an inspirational talk so that would motivate you to want to give, then I would say then it's probably not really in the right place yet. You need to grow a revelation of what it is to be able to steward that area and honor God in that area and let Him be entrusted in every area of your life. Now, at times we'll give focus to it, and obviously we've got this card that lets you know ways that you can activate it, but it's out of your revelation. It's out of your relationship. And yes, we are going to talk about money tonight. Because that's what this was really all based around. This value is based around the partnership of us being able to sow into what God has set up to be the cornerstone of society, His awesome church. So are you ready for it tonight? See, the incredible thing is, is that God actually spoke more about money than He did any other subject, right? So that would tell us that if, if you're struggling already, then you wouldn't want to go to Jesus' church. You wouldn't want to go into it. Because you'd start telling an awesome parable about a sheep that was lost and all this kind of like then the desperation to go and get it. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about a coin. And you're like, oh, here we go. Money again. Come on, JC. You know, we heard that last week. You know, like he, he brought so much focus to it. But I, re I think the reason he brought, and I know the reason he brought so much focus to it, is because it has so much heart impact in our lives. It has so much attachment to every area of our lives. See, money will try and be Lord in your life. It'll try and promise happiness. It'll try and present that this is, when you've got that wealth, then you've got a level of success. Not just success, but then you've got a level of security because now you can make the decisions you want. You can, you can influence what you want to influence. You can say what you want to say. You can be where you want to be. You can buy what you want to buy. It gives you a sense of worth. It gives you a sense of control. 
It starts to promise these things in our life, but who knows that it's a trap every time. It's an absolute trap every time because once we get in the cycle of needing a certain level to live at a certain level, then that certain level requires us to stay at that level. And all of a sudden we're finding ourselves, the things that actually matter most in our lives get less priority because we're so busy trying to get the things that enable us to keep the level of lifestyle that we're living at. And this isn't a, 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 just a Christian thing or, a, you know, this is a worldwide, uh, you know, challenge that has been faced. I spoke with a guy who, you know, um, we connected so much in, our, in the first year of, of rugby league uh, at the rugby league club as Zion was playing and, and he's just an amazing guy and he's really hands-on with his kids and then he got a new job and it was somewhat like a promotion. There was an increased pay rise, all that sort of stuff, but it meant he works on Saturdays. So now, all last season, he couldn't come and watch his sons play rugby league the whole season. And I saw him this year and I said, mate, are you going to get back on the side of the field? Love having you there. Honestly, you're just the best supporter. And, and he just said, oh, I'd love to. Honestly, it's killing me. It's killing me that I've got to work, but I've got to work every Saturday. And I said to him, well, why don't you look at changing jobs? And he goes, oh, I would, but man, the money's so good. I was kind of saying to him, I was saying, mate, like the money's so good, but you're watching or you're not watching your kids grow up in life at all. You're missing out on the very true riches that you actually have in your life, trying to receive a sense of riches that actually is robbing you. It's not blessing you at all. And this is what God said. He actually didn't just call it money. He calls it, he gives it a title of a master. And God says this in Matthew 6, 24. He says, no one can actually serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both. Both cannot be rulers in your life. You'll either be mastered by one, and it wants to master us. So anything that is in our life that is unsurrendered or unaligned to God's ordinances, like money, it's going to make us subservient to its power, and it's going to dictate the decisions that we make every single day. But God doesn't want us dictated by those things. God doesn't want us robbed or ruled by those things. God actually wants those things to be areas that can release, come on, more of His purpose in our life. Come on, they say, oh, hang, hang on, you can't, like, money's not good because it's the root of all evil. No, no, it's the root of all evil. But money itself is not evil. It's just money. It's the spirit that we have towards the finance. Come on, that either makes it a really good resource or makes it a really bad master. That's actually our personal ownership, no one else's responsibility. So I guess the question is, why do we have such an issue with money and Christianity? Why do we have such an issue with it? Right? Like, because, I mean, and, and I'm a fan. Hear me on this. I'm a real big fan. I love this. But this, the Formula One at the moment, which, I mean, I'm into it, right? I've been watching the last few days. I'm totally all about it. But that itself is costing our city $95 million for four days. Four days, $95 million. And nobody, I haven't seen any marketing or anybody standing out with a placard saying, they only want your money. They only want your money. Right? Like, like no, don't go. Don't support these guys. Don't go in there. Come on, the bear's going to be inflated. Come on, the T-shirt, you're going to get it on eBay for half price later. Don't do that. Yet millions and millions and millions is being poured into it. 60 million of it is our taxpayer money. Yet we get so concerned what the church is doing with the money. Hang on, like, like why, why so intense? Why, why the contrast? Australian Open, we paid those who already have lots, right? 62.5 million in prize money. I'm, I, I don't know if Roger Federer needs another three and a half million for winning. 
Because he's already getting 10 million a year for just wearing the shoes. <laughs> Man, you, you know you're doing pretty good when someone gives you 10 mil to wear shoes. Uh, but seriously, seriously, we have such big issues when it comes to finance of the church. But I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but that's not the church I see. That's not the church to see. The church that I see, the church that, that I'm a part of, the church that I'm building is a place that's created that everyone can belong. Whether you believe or you don't believe, this is definitely a place you belong. I don't know what you're concerned about with, when it comes to finance in the church, but you're sitting a part of, around a place where this has been set up so that people can find a place that's home. Come on, where people are helped, where loved ones are looked after, where people who are going through marriage challenges actually get restoration and get support. Where young people every Friday night can come into an environment where people are going to speak life and hope and and they're going to believe in them. Come on, this Friday night just gone, we saw over 70 people here on Friday night, 30 bust in from out west. We saw three first-time decisions, another four people recommitting their lives. Come on, the church I see... It's about fueling people's God potential. It's not about grabbing people's money. No, it's about seeing His kingdom come and His will be done. We have a whole lot of vision, but I'm telling you, God is asking us at the same time to be the provision for the vision, see, to see it enabled and outworked. See, I think we do have a huge challenge with money in our society because the problem is on 2017, As a nation, we lost $24 billion due to gambling. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I actually think we've got a society that needs to know principles about how do you steward? How do you spend wisely? How do you save? How do you leave an investment? How do you leave something for the generations to come? How do you be a part of building something that isn't just treasures on earth but leads nothing to eternity? I encourage all of us, come on, this God, Money, and Me book, if you haven't got this yet, and those doing week three tonight at Next Steps will get gifted one of these. But this book is awesome because it doesn't teach us all about how to give. This book here teaches everybody how to save. Come on, it teaches you how to, how to spend wisely. It teaches you how to steward. It teaches you how to set up something for the inheritance for the generations to come. I love that we've got pastors that are saying, come on, there's principles around this that are there to look you to see us set free in this area, not be captive and bound down. Are you grateful for that? Awesome. Well, I, I want to go to the Hallmark Scripture around the, the area of tithes and offerings, and I'm going to start there, and then we're going to bring out a couple of principles because I, I really believe God just wants to highlight a few things before we go tonight. But Malachi 3, yes, in the Old Testament, still relevant today just as much as it was then. How do you know that? Because it starts like this. I, the Lord, do not change. Oh, no, 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 but, 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 say what you want. But I, the Lord, do not change. Can I just say, if we're going to do away with that one, then why don't we do away with the murder? Why don't we do away with adultery? Why don't we do away with all those other things? Because grace just covers it all. Yeah, sorry, sarcasm, not my best trait. But here, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed, which is basically saying, you haven't done what I've asked you to do, but man, I, I, I love you and I, my grace is towards you. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees or instructions and you haven't kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, well, how, how, do, how do we return? And then verse eight, it goes, will a mere mortal rob God? When I read that this afternoon, I thought, wow, will, will we who are so 
limited in our perspective and our understanding on the fullness of what God's plan and the way He works stuff, would we have the audacity to tell God that, nah, nah, I don't really need to follow through with that. Nah, I, nah, not really. I know better. Like, would a mere mortal rob God? Like, would a mere mortal really think that they know better than the Creator Himself? And He says, yet you rob me, and you ask, how have you been robbing? How have we been robbing? He says, in tithes and offerings. And then verse 9 says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. And then it goes in verse 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see, I will not open, throw open, sorry, not just open, not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Come on, that's good. That's a good promise right there. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines of your fields will not drop fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Why do we have an issue with the area of finance and faith and Christianity? I think really quickly, two things. One is that we don't trust God. We have a challenge with this in our own walk because we don't trust God. We don't trust His Word when He says, come on, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he says, test me in this. This is the only time he actually encourages us, us to test him. But we would rather not. We would rather sit back. We would rather hold on to our 10 and be in control of our 100 rather than letting God be upon our 90 and being able to do so much more than we could do. Where God is saying, come on, would you trust me? Would you trust me with an error of your heart? We think it's an error of our bank account, but actually it's an error of our heart. It's a heart's response in this area. But you go, I don't know, but what about the bills? What about the school fees? What about the car that needs some repairs? What about these challenges? God doesn't, I mean, you don't understand. I don't think we are out of a God who understands your dynamic. I think we are in a position where our God wants to get into the middle of your dynamic. I think He actually wants to be invoked and be invited to actually help you in these areas. But God is unable to help us if we're just going to say, no, I'm going to do it my way. And He says, well, if you're going to do it your way, then you're going to have to do it your way. But I believe we have a God that actually wants to get in there. I believe we have a God that wants to actually get involved. So I think one area we don't entrust this area, the tithe into the storehouse is because we don't trust Him. It might be a harsh, and I please pray, I pray, I pray, I pray you hear my heart and the way I speak tonight. I'm not trying to be condemning or harsh. Seriously, I'm not. But as your pastor, I honestly want the fullness of God activated in your life. And if we're going to withhold this area, as I will show soon, the reality is, is that God is restricted in what He can do in and through your life. It's just black and white principles of God. And I'm saying, come on, would we be open? Would we have an open heart that's willing to say, God, would you lead me afresh in this area? Would you speak to me? I've heard what he's ramped on about. I've heard what he raged about. I heard what he got passionate about. But God, would you lead me to your revelation? Would you lead me to your truths? I think the second reason we don't, and we have an issue with church and finance and stuff like that, is because we don't trust the church. Fair understanding, I guess. Because who knows, it's been done bad many, many times over. Leadership have used their platform, used their position to be able to drive and to stir and to bleed out of people what people weren't in their heart wanting to give. And I love that we have a God that says, come on, if it's not in your heart, don't do it. But isn't the joyful of your heart respond freely? I'm going to encourage you, come on, we are a church that has accountability upon accountability. I love that. Man, we've got our own board here, obviously, but then we've also got the board in New Zealand on the bigger 
side of life, that's also covering everything that we do. We have a five-year financial plan that we monthly report on every to every cent every single month as we go forward. I love the fact that there's an area of stewardship. I love that we get audited by exterior auditors who are not faith-based. They are wanting to find issues. They had me literally on my hands and knees shining a torch under here to show them the sub that we said on our invoice we bought. And they said, show us the sub. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Come in here, buddy. I literally had a guy right here, head inside with a torch on going, there it is. That's the sub. I said, we probably could pull the stage apart, but I'm not sure Mike is going to be too proud of us about that. And I love that in all of the years, there's not been one thing that they could point and say, that actually isn't healthy. That wasn't done right. That, wasn't, has, that doesn't have the right level. No, everything is above board. Come on, I think this is good for us as a church to know. Come on, I love that as a church. Come on, we've got transparency. I loved a couple of people after this morning service came up and said, hey, could you just bring some clarity to this? What as a church do we do here? I was like, man, this is such good questions. Because I love it because your heart's not judgmental. Your heart's trying to find freedom going, man, this is a concern for me. That's cool if it's a concern for you. Let's talk about it because it's transparent. There's nothing you can't ask. You know, that it's revealed worldwide that if people could trust more, they'd be 30% more likely to honor God in this area. So I think it's important that you grow in a confidence to know, hey, you can trust what's going on. I love that the health and by God's grace and by the amazing spirit that we have as a community, I love the health, come on, that, that's taking place, the number of people in connect groups, the number of people getting saved, the number of baptisms that are happening. I love the amount of people that are getting discipled in groups. I love the amount of people that are serving on team. Literally, we've been growing 30% on 30% on 30%. Like, it's exciting to see what God is doing. And I believe God says, come on, if you're faithful with the small, I'll entrust you with the much. And I love that God's, He's not crazy. I don't think He's going to lead people into a community where they're going to be ripped off. I believe he wants to lead them into communities where they're going to be loved, where they're going to be nurtured, but they're also going to be taught God's principles so they can flourish in everything that God has. Now, I said this, this, this statement earlier today, and, it, and it's a bit, I felt like it was a bit generalized, but I mean, as I was stirred when I was thinking about this, you know, when the conversations I've had with those who do tithe and those that don't tithe around the area of finance, I've really found I've got two responses. The responses I've re- received from those who don't, it's generally there's a point of tension within it. But when I talk to those who do, there's always a testimony of what God has done through it. When I've talked to those who don't, there's generally a battle back and back and forth, back and forth. Oh, and there's a wrestle. I get that. There's always, when man, whenever you start any partnership, there's always going to be a wrestle. I totally get that. But you talk to anybody who does it, and it's an area of blessing. It's an area of freedom. It's an area of, you talk to those who don't, and they're convinced they shouldn't. It's just justifying why they shouldn't. You talk to those who do, and it's just an area of joy. It's just awesome. It's so good. You talk to those who don't because they see it like a rule, and then you talk to those who do, and they see it a great part of their relationship. They just see it as an awesome part of the overflow of what God's doing in their life and done in their life, and they want to do more. And as I said that, a guy came up to me, a great young adult came up to me. Uh, oh, he's a young professional now, but he came up to me, and he goes, man, thank you so much for this morning. So good. Not everybody gets up there and just tells it like it is, but you just told it straight. It was really good. And I was like, oh, thanks, mate. And, and, uh, and he goes, no, nah, you know, I said, I, I felt a bit generalized when I started saying that. He goes, no, nah, it's exactly true. I made a conscious decision for years not to tithe. I justified. It was an area of tension. I was always battling. 
And he said, the moment I decided, consciously decided to tithe, he said, my life changed dramatically. I'm not telling, these are not words. I didn't just make that up. It's real. Seriously, that's the reality of it. God wants it to be a place of freedom in our lives. Come on, not a place of frustration in our lives. I guess as far as I'm concerned, when I gave God my heart, I gave Him all of me. I'm not sure about you, but I didn't say, God, here's 10% of my life. I said, God, here's 100%. Do whatever you want. I'm open to your leading in every area. Please, God, expand me. Empty me of myself. Whatever you want, it's yours. And there's been times He's asked us to stretch significantly. The amount of, I guess, you know, the number of times we've given away what would have been our savings towards a house deposit is probably three to four times. And you think, oh, well, then you're going to go without. No, we never, ever went without because God had a greater plan in the middle of the whole thing. In fact, I remember the moment that I stood on stage as we became campus pastors, as we were entrusted at the West Campus a number of years ago. And the year before at Legacy Offering, God asked us to double what we had decided in our heart. I wrestled with it for two weeks to talk to Nadia. I went to talk to her one night, but she was out on the couch. So I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm joking. That's just a recent thing. Um, and um, anyway, we talked and we, we followed through with that. And, and God was just so faithful how He enabled us to be able to save and to be able to honour that. And there, 12 months later, two weeks into being campus pastors, we were taking up the legacy offering. And I swear, this is what God put in my heart. He said, Craig, the reason you're standing there this year is because you responded last year. Because you can be faithful with what is like just money, I'll entrust true riches. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be someone that looks and goes, you know what, I got wealth, I got all this all sorted, but the true riches God actually has for you, and I'm not saying it's about becoming pastors or anything like that, but there's actually things God wants to entrust into your heart, into your life, into your family, into your area of business, and all that kind of stuff, that actually this could be an area that unlocks it if we just allow the Holy Spirit to move and to speak. So <clears throat> these next three principles that I'm going to share Hear my heart, it's because I, I really believe. Come on, for some of us, it's going to freshen our revelation. For other of us, it's going to increase the revelation. And for some of us, it's going to be first-time revelation in regards to why partnership is our privilege. Are you ready for 10 quick points? Sorry, are you ready for three quick, quick points in 10 minutes? <laughs> are you ready for three quick points in 10 minutes? There we go. You all panicked for a moment. <laughs> number one, number one, hear me. It positions me for His promise. If you're running, come on. It positions me for His promise. Verse 10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing, there's not enough room to store it. Come on, can I just say very quickly, he said, return to me the tithe. He didn't say give the tithe. The tithe isn't ours, it's God's. Come on, he, we love the scripture in Psalms 24 where it talks about the, the world and everything in it is the Lord's. We're like, yeah, hallelujah. But then when it comes to the area of finance, no, that's mine. You know, like when we buy our kids a burger, I'm like, hey, can I have a bite of my burger? It's like, it's not your burger, it's my burger. So, well, I paid for it, it's my burger. No, it's my burger. No, no, I paid for it, it's my burger. No, it's my burger. Like, has anyone got that? No, just me. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing because here it is, I bought the burger. Yes, it's their burger, but it's my burger. I bought it, yet at the same time, it's like they won't share it. Oh, man. So I started this thing called dad tax. I'm like, cough it up, it's dad tax time. You know, like... And then hope will be like, don't bite more than what you put in Zion's. Dad tax can't be bigger on mine. It's so good. We don't, we don't give the tithe. We return it. We honour it. 
We, we honour God with what is rightfully His. See, this is the truth, though, I believe. And this has been revelation to me. I don't believe God needs your money. I don't believe He needs your money. How do you rob me? You rob me through tithes and offerings. Is it, so, so God needs our money. I'm pretty sure His streets are already laid in gold. I don't think He's looking for, for my $10 out of my 100 He says, He says in there, He says, uh, bring the whole tithe in the store, has there be food in there. Then test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there not be room enough to store it. I believe what we are robbing God the opportunity of is moving supernaturally in our lives. We are robbing a God who wants to do abundant things in our life, who's saying, would you just trust me in this area because I want to move in ways you can't orchestrate, do things that you can't enable on your own. Would you just trust me in this area? And unless we unlock it through being, I guess, you know, faithful in this area, the truth is His hands are tied. But we've got a God that wants to move. He's saying, come on, don't rob me. Don't stop me. Don't, let me move. Let me release something. Let me do something in your life. Let me move powerfully in a way that you honestly know that it is God. Like this gentleman said to me this morning, my life changed the moment. Guys, God got unlocked to another level in his life. Come on, you're not robbing, the, the, you're not robbing God of finance. Let's get past the money. Let, I believe we've got a blessing God that wants to be released. And you say, okay, so it's all about prosperity. No, I believe we're blessed to bless. Come on, God wants to pour in our lives so we can pour through our lives at a greater level. So you're into prosperity. Well, what's the other alternative? Lack? Like seriously? You want us to preach a God of not enough? Come on, you're the, you're the tail and not the head. Come on, you're below and not above. No, that's not the God we know. We've got a God of more than enough. I came that you may have life and have it to the lack. No, no, He's a God of abundance. Be okay with the fact that it's okay to be blessed in your life. Now, if it's about give me, give me, give me, because my middle name's Jimmy, then we've got issues because that's going to destroy you. But that's not the God that we know. That's not the God that we serve. I believe with the rich young ruler, he was not trying to take his finance. What he was trying to do was release him to another level of revelation of who God was in his life. Because in Luke 18, 28, it goes on to say to him, come on, Peter's going, how is this impossible? It's going to be impossible for anyone to enter God's kingdom. He says, no, no, for whoever's given anything at any level, much more will be given back to them. Come on, God's not looking to rob. He's looking to do something that is supernatural, supernatural. By resisting God, by resisting what God asks from you, we restrict what God has for you. Come on, He wants to do something through us. He wants to move powerfully. For sake of time, honestly, I've got story after story of situations that have just been, uh, you know, where God's done just miraculous things. And it's just because He is that good. He is that good. One of the big reasons we say we, we don't tithe or we can't is because we can't afford it. Could I flip that on its head real quickly and say, we can't afford not to. Seriously, we can't afford not to. Don't struggle on your own. Allow God in on your team. Come on, don't wrestle in a tag team match on your own. Come on, it's... Tag the teammate in, because the teammate, when he comes in, he can move in ways that we can't move. Stop holding on to it and struggling on your own. Invite God into the middle of it. Test me in this. Number two, it protects me from the devourer. So not only does it position me for His promise, it protects me from the devourer. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? You ask, how do you rob? And ties and offerings. And it says this, and we don't like to use these words very often, but you are actually under a curse, you and your whole nation, because you're robbing me. But what it says is amazing. It goes on in verse 11 and says, come on, if you do honour me in this area, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines of your field will not drop fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. 
and the nations will call you blessed. Um, for yours will be the delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. The tithe enables there to be God's covering and His sovereignty and His authority and His leadership over this area of our lives. And not just this area, but I believe the fullness of our lives. Come on, I I honestly believe that there are challenges going on in people's lives that God is actually wanting to protect us from, but because we will not tag Him in, He's unable to do the completeness of what He would want to do. Come on, I'm, I'm sick of seeing challenges in, in, in people's areas. I'm sick of hearing people can't get work and can't get this and challenged with that and struggling with that. Oh, man, I believe God's saying, come on, I want to protect. I want to be a covering over you. But what God talks about is there's the covenant. Sorry, yeah, there's a covenant. Sorry, there's consecration and then there's a curse. In Leviticus, it talked about the fact that if you would bring the first tenth, not the second tenth, nor the last tenth, if you would bring the first tenth, it enables the whole lot to be holy. And God actually wants there to be a, His holy presence, His Holy Spirit upon the whole lot. But if we don't, He says, guys, I'm sorry, but things are going to be devoured that shouldn't be devoured. You're going to find challenge where you shouldn't find challenge. Because we haven't invoked God. We haven't allowed Him to fight on our behalf. I know this is challenging. And I know it's going to be stirring in many of us a challenge. But hear me. I'm not preaching to get the church bigger. I'm not preaching so, I don't know. We can have another light. <laughs> Seriously. I'm preaching because there's something in your life, there's a tension there that God wants to bring a whole nother level of joy and freedom to. Come on, He wants to bring release in this area. Seriously, I know testimonies in this church where people have had life-controlling anxiety and God spoke to them and said, would you trust me with the tithe? The moment they started tithing, anxiety broke off their life. I know another testimony in this church where someone struggled like seriously with gambling, could not go into the casino every single day. God spoke to him at Legacy Offering and said, would you trust me? Would you give extravagantly? He followed through the next week and did what God put in his heart to do. And at that moment, the addiction to gambling broke immediately. I'm telling you, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to fluff it up. This is this real reality in this. Who's the master? Is God your master? Come on, or is there another master that's wanting to steal and rob when you've got another Lord who wants to love and to lead? Come on, can I just say, this isn't a magic pill. This isn't something like, hey, well, you tired and nothing ever is gonna happen in your life. Everything's gonna be great. The car will never break down. This is not a magic pill. Doesn't take away stewardship. Doesn't take away hard work. Doesn't take away the fact that we need wisdom in the decisions we're making. But come on, this is God's promise. This is His word. And I believe it to be true. If you're saying, well, Craig, I can't afford it. I don't know how, to, I don't know how I'd start with, with, when I look at my budget and I look at what's actually, I don't even know if I've got a budget really when I look what I'm living day to day. You know, that's why we have uh, the amazing organization or the amazing uh, vehicle called CAP, you know, which is all about setting people up, helping them. It's confidential and it's free to say, come on, this is an area God wants freedom in. This is a God, an area that God wants to release you in. And we've got a CAP money store course, which is a short two session course starting uh, on Saturday the 30th of March, and then the following sessions on Saturday the 6th of April, and they're just 10 a.m. for a couple of hours, and that's going to really help you get a holistic view on where your finances are at, but how do you start getting ahead? How do you start planning forward? And this isn't just for people who aren't tithing. Please don't hear what I'm doing. There are people who are tithing right now, but your finances are a mess. Come on, God, God doesn't just say, oh, well, you know, like, wonder, 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 woo. You know, like, you know, sure, eat out seven nights a week because you're tired. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Come on, there's principles and there's stewardship and there's integrity and there's accountability. And if we would align the principles that God has, get some support where we need it. Come on, it's only going to be a matter of time where there's a real freedom in this area.
The last thing, and, and, and I'll be quick on it, but the second, third thing it does, so it positions us for promise. It protects us from the devourer. But the third thing it does, it, it partners me with his purpose. It partners me with his purpose. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God chose the local church to be his primary expression of his kingdom here on earth. The reality is, is without people partnering and bringing the tithe and being led by God in the area of offerings into this storehouse, what we now know, what we enjoy, what we are a part of would not exist. Like it wouldn't exist at all. And I guess, and I say this not being harsh, but if if you're someone who's got a conviction that you don't tithe, can I ask you genuinely to be really grateful for those that do? Like really grateful. Because if they didn't tithe, if nobody tithed, we wouldn't be here. Like we wouldn't be, I'm not just saying we wouldn't have lights or we wouldn't have the opportunity to, you know, to hear sound. I'm saying we wouldn't be here anywhere. Like we wouldn't have a building. Come on, we wouldn't have communion. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have worship. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have anything. The only reason we have what we have, the only reason we're able to meet and gather like this is because people have honoured God and seen it not as a rule, not as a ritual, not as a, a pastor whipping them to give something they don't want to give, but out of relationship and say, God, man, if this is a principle that you're asking me so that we can see your church be all you want it to be, <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. It partners me with His purpose. Isn't that amazing to think? Like, isn't that amazing to think that everything that we see and the church does is made possible through our partnership? Like, this is amazing. Like, I started listing what that looks like, right? That means that every person that has come in and been welcomed and accepted and loved is because people have decided to partner. Every friendship that has been formed in here and every connect group that you meet in outside of here is because people decided to partner. Are you catching it? Every marriage that has been as a result, and we've had a number of people get married because they met here and they're kind of like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like, like, you know, work their rose out all of a sudden, hey. You know, like, what connect group do you got? Anyway, every marriage is because people decided to tithe and to partner. Come on, every marriage course we've run, every moment of ministry that's happened, every worship moment that we've ever had, every prayer request that's ever been stood for, any miracle that's ever unfolded is because people partnered. Come on, every connect group that's gathered, every epic service that has taken place where young people have been reached. Come on, every kid that's been loved and led into God's presence, every parent that's connected via the bursting parents' lounge that we have. Come on, every parent group that meets throughout the week, every sisterhood night where the ladies get together. Come on, and the Bible studies that had me midweek, they're all because people partner. Every meal that's ever been given out, every night meal that you've ever received for free, every donut you've ever had before, in this venue is because people partner. Every era of community, well, I love community, I'll give to that. Well, we'd have no community if people didn't just tithe and decide to partner. Every Christmas box that was given and the 17,000 people that received care last year because of that is because people partnered. Every single person that sat uh, in next steps and had been blown away as they discovered that God has a plan for their life is because of partnering. Every person that's going to walk and put foot on the, uh, on the Life Festival next Saturday down here is because people partnered. Come on, I hope you're grabbing it tonight. Come on, every person that's discovered their God purpose, every person that's been supported through debt, every business person that's been championed in their commission, every incredible production where we've reached hundreds and hundreds of people is because people partnered. 
every salvation, every baptism, every breakthrough and every blessing that has taken place through this storehouse has been made possible because people partnered. Partnership is our privilege. Come on, what a privilege to be a part of all of this. What a privilege to reach people in this way. What a privilege to have the opportunity to lead people and to love people, to enable there to be a place. Come on, that people can discover the wonder of Jesus. Find a home and a place where they can discover what God put in their lives and they can start to live that out of the full. It's not just about finance. It's about God's kingdom come. His will be done. Come on, on earth as it is in heaven. God is amazing. He wants to use you in unprecedented ways. He wants to move in your life in ways that you've never yet experienced. And I say yet because it's just one decision away. It's just a heart's revelation and a response away. Can I encourage you, man? We've got vision for days. We've got vision for years. Seriously, we need more people partnering, more people carrying the revelation. Come on, so it continually releases us to be able to reach more people. And that's truly the heartbeat behind it all. It comes back to the very first value we talked about at the start of the series. It's all about people. People are our priority. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.